Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Well, it's our 100th episode. Can you even believe it? 100, Jenny. It couldn't be done. (laughs) I am now deeply regretting not making a big deal about our 69th episode. Oh, shit. I'll have to go back and see which one it was just so we know. (laughs) We should should go back and, and drop a little Easter egg in and just start the episode with nice. (laughs) Uh, anyway it's our 100th episode which is pretty spectacular congratulations jenny you've done a great job congratulations Kristen. you also have done a great job thank you so much and congratulations to you listener you have listened to us 100 times that's like well over a hundred hours of us. Yeah, well over. So Deal you are your experts minute. in our vocal intonations, Jenny's wow, wow, wows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's 6,000 freaking minutes of us talking. Wow. To, to quote, to quote Jenny Owen Young. That's just regular math. Uh, no, that's hell math. You're right. Hell In addition to this being our 100th episode, uh, we have some other news. We have some other exciting items to tell you before we dive headfirst into Real Me. First of all, uh, we released the tickets to our next live taping, which is in San Francisco. We're taping Fool for Love. We're going to have some fucking really exciting special guests. And we only have about 50 tickets or so left. It's December 6th. It is at the Brava Theater, which is a really special space. uh, And we really want to see you there. So go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on our events page. You can get all of the ticketing and all that information there. 50 tickets is not that many left. So if you want to go, go. Act swiftly. Yes. Uh, also, in the event landscape, I want to let you know that we are just a couple weeks away from the Atlanta All Ages Pride Party. I have hosted an All Ages Pride Party in New York City for the last seven years. And due to amazing sponsorship from the Tegan and Sarah Foundation, uh, we are doing our very first Pride Party, All Ages Pride Party in the South at Atlanta. It's at Switchyards. And you can get all of that information by just going to All Ages Pride. Dot com. It will be there for you. B. Steadwell is playing some music. We're going to have you oh slam poetry. I'm going to be there hosting alongside Ashanti Lashan. It's going to be fun. I think there might even be donuts. I'm just saying. And it's totally oh free. God. It's totally open to the public. It's a really special thing. If you are near Atlanta, please, please join us October 12th, 2 to 4 p.m. Allagespride.com. When you're taking the bus home from the Atlanta Pride Party (laughs) or whatever, you could pop onto Spotify or Apple Music or whatever and listen to now my three freaking new songs, the latest of which is called Dreaming on the Bus, which just came out. I am so pumped about uh, all of them. But that one in particular, I feel like it might be of interest to buffering listeners because I wrote it with Bess Rogers, who is our voice of Willow. Hell yeah. Oh, and listen, I don't know if you want the behind the scenes information here, but Bess and Jenny, when they come together to write music, it is really special. Um, thank you. Did I embarrass oh, you? I- 
No, I feel that way too. I feel very special when Beth it's and a, I it's, yeah, get it's, together. It's a powerful, it's a powerful combination of songwriters. So you should definitely, yeah, you should do some dreaming on the bus with dreaming on the bus. Good call. Yes. Okay. So furthermore, unrelatedly, let me tell you something else. We have a limited run leftover of Kate Leth's beautiful posters and enamel pins from the Buffy versus Dracula premiere show in Philly. Mm-hmm. And all of our other usual merch that's one piece is more glorious than the last. Uh, <laughs> all up on bufferingthevampireslayer.com when you click on shop. They will not last. They are too beautiful to last, I think. So um, act quickly there. And I'll tell you what else. What I'm truly excited about is that Angel on Top, our sister pod, has a brand new pocket tee designed by the incredible Devin Power, who I love. And it's got a hot little crossbow on the pocket and it says Rogue Demon Hunter and it rules. And you can find that by visiting angelontop.com. Just click on store. Yes, I've seen uh, some of you on the internet saying, ooh, we can have like a little secret code. We'll know know you're a Buffy fan and an Angel fan if you come up to me wearing this pocket tee and you ask me what a Rogue Demon is. So, oh my God, <laughs> I know, very special. So, um, I have a fun piece of news, which is that we have a voicemail box now. You can call us oh and my leave us God. a message. Um, if you don't know this, we do special mailbag episodes. They are a delight, and we do them for our ten dollar patrons and higher. Um, we also have an RSS feed now over on our um, Patreon page, which means that all of those patrons actually have a private RSS feed. They get um, all of the episodes ad free now if you're a $10 donor or higher and uh, these special mailbag episodes. So now if you leave us a voicemail, we can include the voicemails in those mailbag episodes as well. And if you leave us a voicemail and we are tickled by it, we might pop it right here in an episode that you all hear. So um, guess what the phone number is, Jenny? Um, Is it 696 Six nine six nine area code four twenty. It is not. Uh, okay. It is two one six three zero Buffy. That's two one six three zero Buffy. Do you know what two one six is an area code for, Jenny? Is it Cleveland? It sure is. I was. Oh my god! I spent a lot of time looking for the perfect number, and I felt this was it. So you can call us now two one six three zero Buffy. Leave us a message with your thoughts on the episode, with your questions. Um, we will listen to as many as we can. We will put some in our special mailbags. We will put some in the episodes themselves. Should they be relevant and exciting? Uh, and speaking of relevant and exciting, Jenny, we have some mm-hmm. award winners. For sexual tension from last episode. We sure do. Well, in the sexual tension awards, I like to think that everyone's a winner, but <laughs> we have a specific uh, numerically determined winner from the last episode. So for Buffy versus Dracula, you know, you'd think that Buffy and Dracula <laughs> would have had a fighting chance, but they're in fourth place with 6%, a measly 6% of the vote. Nobody wants it. Tied for second place, we have Two couplings, or should I say one coupling and one quadrupling. <laughs> Riley and Spike took 29% of the vote. Hot, 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 hot. And Giles and the Brides of Dracula, all three of them, took 29% of the vote. I feel like these two hot couplings canceled each other out. Yeah. And Xander and Dracula was somehow allowed to scoop 
first place with 36% of the freaking vote. Yeah, people were really into Xander and Dracula. Unbelievable. You would have voted for Riley and Spike, Jenny? Yes. I would have voted for Giles and the Brides. So we are an example of splitting that vote. (laughs) (laughs) Xander and Dracula took it. Congratulations, Xander and Dracula. Your trophies are in the mail. Uh, Dracula, we did something fun for you. Your trophy can turn into a bat, a rooftop wolf, or a mist. Uh, You're welcome. Okay, we have two special treats for you in this episode, all leading to some fun bonus episodes headed your way this Friday and next Wednesday. Holy crap. First oh my of all, God, an embarrassment of riches. Embarrassment, truly. I am humiliated with uh, how much <laughs> we have, how much content we have. Uh, first of all, in this episode, you'll get a little tease of our Mercedes McNabb interview uh, that will be airing next Wednesday. You'll get the full interview between me and Mercedes. And in this episode, you'll get just a little taste of that because, of course, this is a very Harmony-centric episode. Also, the song this week features the introduction of a new character in our universe. You're welcome in advance. It's Gabby Dunn in the role of Dawn. What? Some people like to method act, you know, and and move from role to role and live their lives uh, trying to like embody that character for the, you know, short time that they're preparing for the role. Gabby has been living her whole life, her whole life in preparation for this role, and it shows. (laughs) This Friday, we'll be putting up a special episode where we sit down with Gabby Dunn and friend of the pod and friend of our hearts, Mal Blum, bringing you their thoughts on Dawn, Gabby's experience recording the song with me, and finally, some Harriet the Spy thoughts from people a little younger than us. Hell yeah. And before we head into the episode, of course, what would an intro be without... Listen, there's been a collection of spooky news uh, sent to me over the break. And so I'm just worming my way through uh, the list here. And this one, it's not even a news article. It is simply a tweet. I'm watching it right now. Uh, It's this tweet that originated from uh, the Twitter account Haunter Ha Ha, H-A-U-N-T-E-R Ha Ha, (laughs) which is a great handle, by the way. Uh, And it is a video taken... Of, I'm so sorry. It, it involves a, a cat that is no longer with us, but it also involves what looks like mm, 20 turkeys, and all the turkeys are walking in a circle with their heads bobbing around the dead cat in the road. It is unbelievable. It is certainly a coven of witches. There's no doubt about oh it. Oh my God. Those uh, turkeys are dark. <laughs> There is a dark, dark energy there. Those turkeys are all dark meat, if you know what I mean. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) So your spooky news today is just, listen, somewhere in the world, a fucking shit ton of turkeys walked around a dead cat, and we don't know what the results are going to be. But um, stay tuned to find out. That's been your... Before we roll into the episode, thank you for listening to this wonderful intro done by myself and Jenny Own Youngs. Uh, if you like the jingles you hear, like Spooky News or Hellmath, both which were in the intro, or some of the jingles you hear throughout the episode, you can just go on over to bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash jingles and 
to nag them for yourself. They are located in many places. And hey, guess what? The patriarchy jingle, that one's totally free. Hell yeah. So without further ado, let us jump in to Real Me. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time, spoiler free. (gasps) I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. (laughs) (laughs) And I am Kristen Russo. And this week we are talking about season five, episode two, Real Me. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by Jenny Owen Youngs, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. And if you haven't yet started listening to our Angel podcast, Angel on Top, hosted by Brittany Ashley and Laura Zach, they are back as of last week. Get over there. Get in there. It's some good dark fun. Mm, mm, mm. Real Me was written by David Fury, directed by David Grossman, and originally aired on... Dave Tober 3rd, 2000. <laughs> Seriously. Got all the Daves. <laughs> yeah. Which two Daves do we have? Grossman and... Uh, Grossman and Fury on this and one. And Fury, because mm-hmm. there's also, don't Greenwald. forget, Greeny, right? Mm-hmm. Now Now that we hung out with Charisma Carpenter, <laughs> and she called him Greeny so much, I feel like we can call him Greeny, too. Sorry if you're listening to this, Greeny. I, I realize that I've moved ahead in our friendship. Would you say it's ingrained in your mind? Wow. Here we go. You know, episode two, season five. We got quips. We got quips like Buffy. This is the one where as Harmony and her, yeah, that's right. I said Harmony. (laughs) As Harmony and her vampire gang plot Buffy's demise, Dawn adjusts to life with a slayer. Yeah, Dawn. You know, you remember Dawn from before? Yeah. I want everybody to know that there is a um, thread in our secret. We have a secret Facebook group for those of you who support us on Patreon. It's pretty big and active. And lush. It is lush. It is. It's full of, I mean, it's glorious, one might say. Uh-huh. And there is a thread. I, th- I saw today a thread where somebody has uh, everyone commenting on their favorite Dawn episodes from seasons one through four. And it is a treat. It's a treat. Incredible. So let's. Take it over to the white room for some very intense yoga block handstands. Where are we? Like, where are... There's a pummel horse. That's what that's called, right? Yeah, yeah, a pummel horse. A pummel horse, Uh, yeah. Who knows? Like, it's like we're in a gymnasium, I guess, or like a yeah. like they rented a little gym room for yeah, Buffy's... Yeah, it's very strange. Training. So, you know, when there's like some new age music playing and you've got your little pyramid of crystals and Love you're a pyramid of crystals. extending your feet to the ceiling and your hands to the top of the block, doing a big old extendo handstand, and then you just like one hand it because you can. It's pretty hot. And then your stupid headstandus interruptus. <laughs> you were really built into that, huh? I, it just occurred to me. But this is very pesky, huh? Yeah. Shouldn't Dawn know better? This is... Okay, so I, I don't know if you know this about me, Jenny, and listeners, but I have a little sister. Uh, and I find this representation of little sisterhood to be 
spot the fuck on. Oh, yeah. And like same, basically same age difference between you and Allie, right? Yeah, because you were just saying that Dawn is 14. Yes. And Buffy is, we think, 20 at this point? Yeah, something like 20. So yeah, that's, my sister and I are five and a half years apart. uh, And it seems like they are about the same. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to murder my sister (laughs) for many, many. Was she always interrupting your Slayer trainer sessions? Constantly. Constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Jenny, you jumped right into the, um, crystals and, uh, Dawn, what is it? Headstandus interruptus. <laughs> but we did get it previously on, and I just want to talk about it for a hot second because I think it's hilarious that the entire episode, season five, episode one was about Dracula. And basically the previous lamb was like, okay, but here's what's like really important about the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like Dracula's name is mentioned one time and it's mostly like, hey, remember how Buffy asked Giles to be her watcher? Hey, remember how Xander's done with this shit? And hey, remember that little sister in the end? Oh, yeah. And the magic eye poster? And the magic eye poster. We're still waiting for answers mm. on the magic eye poster. So the other thing that I want to talk about in this scene with Dawn. Is it Giles intoning? monotonously yeah well it's the way giles rips his fucking glasses off of his face at dawn oh yeah dad is mad dad mad is dad mad dad very very mad dad he's so fucking he's almost more annoyed with dawn than buffy is and buffy just took the fall right or her new stunt person right <laughs> okay so so cut to dawn's bedroom no dawn. oh cut to the oh, fucking sorry. credits and then we arrive at the credits, da da, <laughs> and who should appear? But Anya in a bunny suit. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's that Christmas song? Who should appear? The most famous little sister of all. Sarah. Yep, that rhymes. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, we have uh, Michelle Trachtenberg in the credits. Yes. <laughs> How interesting. Then we go to Dawn's bedroom. Yeah. The mysterious third bedroom in the Summers household <laughs> that we've all been wondering about this whole time and judging from her bedroom all dawn knows is stuffed animals lava lamp betty boop and diaries yes again this is exactly how i remember my sister lisa frank limited to stuffed animals trapper keeper yes so she is like no one understands the real me we get this title out of the mouths of at least dawn and harmony Mm. um you know but this is the first time we hear it she's like no one understands the real me underline exclamation point exclamation Exclamation point point. (laughs) yeah jenny you already annoyed with i've had it um (laughs) she is very uh crafty though with the sort of like breakfast stratagem really it looks like it's very beautifully choreographed a lot of planning and careful timing out of uh certain emptying of cereal boxes and milk cartons went into this scene yes i was gonna say there's a lot of milk play in this yeah a lot lot of milk play um as you know my position on milk has not changed i'm (laughs) firmly against it I can't wait till season six when we have a My Position on Milk Has Not Changed t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, right. The, you know, we get as they are convening in the kitchen, the Summers women, this breakfast play where over the top of it, Dawn is sort of like, uh, she thinks she's so special. She's a slayer. She doesn't even wear a mask, which I think is hilarious. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, vampires are stupid. They die from a splinter. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Um, and then Joyce. She interrupts to be like, hey, do you want to take your sister to get school supplies? Suddenly, things have really picked up at the gallery again. (laughs) So convenient, Joyce. Um, Joyce looks fucking hot, but we'll get there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So Joyce is like, help me out. And this is like a, I want to talk to you about this, Jenny, because this is an overarching theme in the episode of Joyce being like, you need to help me the fuck out. Like I need help from you. Um, and she, I feel like she treats Buffy like Buffy is um, a 20 year old college student who's like just fucking around. And I, I, I feel a little unokay about it because it's like Buffy has a very big job uh, and it doesn't feel like Joyce is clocking it as what it is. There's a certain lack of reverence with respect to Buffy's sacred duty that quite often intersects with the very fate of the world, which includes Joyce and Dawn. So right. she's doing all this work. She doesn't get paid for it. And all she's trying to say is, hey, Dawn's presence in my life is interrupting this really important thing that I'm trying to do yeah. for myself, but mostly for the world. <laughs> On behalf yeah. of the world. And it's not like she has a choice and it's not like someone can cover for her. Yeah. So I don't know. I just was rubbed a little bit the wrong way by that. And I think it's a testament to how as human beings, we acclimate to pretty much anything and like normalize it after a certain amount of time. Totally. Uh, but I just would like to remind Joyce, if you're listening, uh, I would like to remind you ha! that your daughter is the slayer and maybe you should cut her a little bit more slack. And Riley would like to remind you that you look great today. Um, Hello, Riley? nurse. Riley walks in and is like, hey, Miss Summers, you're looking good today. Or whatever the fuck he says. Uh-huh. And and it's like, it's not even just a throwaway because Buffy's like, excuse me. And he's like, <laughs> and then he clarifies to be like, well, she's wearing a great outfit. <laughs> and also, I'm here to violate your firstborn usually doesn't go over right. so well. Which... Both fair. She does look great, and you shouldn't say she's, that. In case you haven't done a recent watch of this episode, she's wearing a leopard. Joyce <laughs> is wearing a leopard, like a button up, collar button up, underneath like a black vest that's pinned with this like giant safety pin. Listen, I don't mean to step Faith. on Kate Leth's toes. She'll be here yeah, later yeah. in the episode. But. but maybe Faith is actually back in town, got a new doohickey, did a body swap with Joyce. Joyce is like, oh, where's that? Harlot <laughs> lipstick. That I know I have it around here somewhere. Yeah, Joyce later in the episode is like, hey, Buffy, that's totally five by five. And we're like, <laughs> hmm, something is strange. Something's going um, on. Buffy? Wait. What? Because you got to Riley, and I understand that you're always anxious to get sure, to your sure, butterscotch sure, sure, sure. hunk. Sure. But before that, something important, a couple of things happen. Um, they say they're going to go to the magic shop. And Dawn says, uh, I don't want to go to Hogwarts. And she finds herself, you know, tickled by yeah, her yeah, joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I just wanted to say, I, I looked it up because I was like, where were we in Harry Potter when this episode aired? Books only? Well, yeah. And it was the, so the fourth book uh, in the series, Goblet of Fire, had released on July 8th, mm-hmm. um, 2000. So we were only four in and just newly four in. So this is like really height of, I mean, is there a height of Harry Potter? It's just, we always reach new heights with it. But this is like when Harry Potter is really taking uh, the nation by storm. Right, 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 right. So it's it's always going to be a relevant reference since. Yeah, now but, it is. Yeah, but Don's there on the cutting edge with her finger on the pulse because she's a, what is she, a Zoomer? She's Gen Z? I didn't know. Or that- is she a young millennial? Actually, I think, yeah. Th- She's, she probably falls uh, squarely maybe in the middle of... Because did you know that I'm technically the first year of millennial? 81. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I actually have been told that I am a millennial, even born at the tail end of 80. Well. Um, which is, you know, it's controversial. I'm kind of a cusp. <laughs> okay. Okay. Regardless. So, you Don were saying. is reading books. Um, 
So, 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 can we talk about Riley now? Yeah, we can talk about okay. Riley. Ugh, as I mentioned in our live episode, Riley got a haircut and he's using way too much product. And do you know whose hair his hair kind of looks like in this episode? Whose? Uh, somebody who can't see his own hair but continues <laughs> to style it that way. Anyway, he's got kind of like extreme advanced angel hair. He's like angel hair plus like 75% more product. Um, <laughs> and perhaps Buffy is off put by this new hair product regime mm. uh, because she has forgotten that she made plans with Riley and I will point out to everyone that yes. Riley is very accepting and really just rolls with it and is supportive of her new training and he's so proud of her. Wow. Listen, great I, I don't mean to knock you off your pummel horse, Jenny, but <laughs> I, I actually wrote in my notes, okay, Riley is a very good boyfriend in this moment. He super understands her canceling the plans. Like, hi. Uh-huh. I will give Riley credit where credit is due. Thank you. That was it. Congratulations, Riley. (laughs) Uh, We also get this cute thing where, like, he calls Dawn kid, and she's always, like, auto-response, like, I'm not a kid. Yeah. And she's, like, talking about, we get the voiceover, her describing their relationship and how he was, like, totally obsessed with Buffy. True. Mm Mm-hmm. This is like a thing too, right? Like an older, I had a little sister and I feel like the older boyfriends that I had, not boys that I was dating, but friends who were boys, um, mm-hmm. would always like tease my sister, you right, know, right, like right. older friends love to tease or like your friends as the older sibling, if you're an older sibling, love to tease your little siblings. Right, right. Yeah, uh, it's totally. very fun. My Once my um, friend Jeff made my sister's friend Jenna eat a fly no. for a dollar, she did it. Ew. <laughs> Speaking of eating flies per uh, the last episode. So Giles has got a Ooh, new ride. Excuse me. Whose car is that? Hot to trot. Giles is playing classical music in his red in convertible. His, in his midlife crisis mobile. <laughs> um, what kind of monster... What kind of self-aware monster at age 14 is jumping up in between Giles and Buffy to change the radio station on a car that is not hers? I mean, listen, Dawn, it's very apparent that Dawn and Buffy have a sibling rivalry rooted in tension, uh, rooted in who's getting the attention and who's getting cut too much slack and what have you. So I find it very believable that Dawn would jiggle around with the radio because she wants attention and she's not going to get it in this car because it's her slayer sister and her slayer sister's uh, old watcher who uses the word newfangled. Right, 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 right. That's how she measured. He's pretty far gone, as Don puts it. <laughs> Which I believe uh, Don may have done her first installment of. Hell, Um, Not to get too sexy too soon, but Giles uh-huh. really misses driving stick. <laughs> uh, yeah, he misses driving <laughs> stick with his old pal Ethan Rain. <laughs> and he has... No time for frivolity right now, except for the frivolity of showing off his sporty new little red car to Willow and Tara, who haven't seen it yet. Pull over! Willow says, nice wheels. And Tara, Amelia Bedelia's her and is like, the rest of the car's nice too. Oh, Tara. Tara, sweet Tara. Uh, And then we get this sweet ass uh, outsider perspective. More Dawn voiceover. Willow and Tara are so cool. They're both so cool. Wow, they're so great. Willow has been teaching Dawn how to play chess. Adorable. Like, let's stop for a second, Jenny, because we're watching this for the first time. Mm, yes. Let's say. 
we have met this character at the end of the last episode and everyone is discussing her like she has fucking been here the whole time. Yep. And we are playing, we've been playing with that, being like, of course she's been here the whole time, like, because it's fun <laughs> to immerse. But listen, you know, a lot of our listeners are watching for the first time, so we want to We don't want to gaslight you. We don't want to... <laughs> We don't. We do want to say like this is this is important what happens between Willow and Dawn because it's yeah. underlining because you keep expecting somebody to say who something. The, who is that girl? <laughs> yeah. Nobody yeah. does. Um, and so that's important. And I just want to point that out for the new the new watchers. But anyway, yes, then please, Jenny, segue us to this beautiful uh, diary entry from Dawn. Wow. Dawn's talking about how cool Willow and Tara are and how they're witches. And that's way cool. <laughs> than being a slayer and they do spells together and then one time she told Joyce that she wanted Willow and Tara to teach her what they do alone together <laughs> <laughs> and then Joyce got very quiet and told me to go upstairs so she could visit Pat's grave <laughs> oh it like struck a chord with mm -hmm. with Joyce you think uh yeah and and Dawn kind of like hits this nail directly over the head the one that we've been playing with since these two Wiccas started practicing yeah, their witchcraft yeah, yeah. and she says I guess her generation Joyce's generation <laughs> isn't as cool with witchcraft yeah Two weeks ago, when we talked about Buffy versus Dracula, uh, I talked about how the episode felt like there was silliness to it, but it felt like we're getting the gang back together again. And like, mm. that's why. And I feel like there's an element of that here. And I wonder sometimes like what it's like when the writers get back together, like even for you and I, Jenny, like starting season five, we're so exciting, like, having a blast. Yeah, we've got our like bucket full of jokes from the last four yeah. seasons. Yeah, like, yeah. It's fun. And, and I feel like a lot of that is present in these first few episodes of season five, where you can almost feel the writers having fun with the things that they've gathered along yeah, the way. Yeah, 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 totally. So the writers seem to have forgotten, though, <laughs> in this next bit, in which Willow informs Buffy that she can't actually take the drama class they were going to take together. Willow canonically hates has stage fright, yes. hates acting, does not wish to perform. But do you think that Willow is trying to conquer her fear and that's why she's so upset that Buffy isn't going to take the course with her? Because I thought the same maybe, thing. Maybe. Maybe. Do you think she figured out a spell for uh, stage banishing fright? stage fright? <laughs> Um, I, I figured out a spell for banishing stage fright, which is to take beta blockers. Oh, nice. So Willow, apart from being mad at Buffy, is super into the fact that Buffy suddenly has this really big work ethic. I mean, oh, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to couch it like that. Like, of course, Buffy has always worked very hard. But this is the first time that Buffy really wants to put like pen to paper and like pick up books and really read and learn about her history yeah. and the, the history of Slayers. Uh, and Willow is like, va va voom, you know, she's feeling uh, it. Yeah, Willow loves uh, a to-do list. Willow loves an agenda, mm -hmm. gay or otherwise. Willow loves... People getting shit done in a strategic manner. So we get to ye old magic box. It's wrecked. It's wrecked. And Tara's like, Mr. Bogarty? <laughs> and everybody whips their heads around and they're like, Tara? And she's like, I, uh, I, uh, I spend uh, a lot of time. I, let me just take a moment to explain, because this seems necessary, that as a witch, I spend a lot of time here. <laughs> At the magic box. And then, of course, Willow trips over the body. Oh, boy, oh boy. If I had a dollar for every time, I'm just such a klutz. I'm like <laughs> Bella in Twilight. I'm always tripping over dead 
bodies. Oops. <laughs> for those of you listening uh, at home, which is everyone except for me, let me tell you that you really missed great um, shoulder shakes yeah, yeah, and yeah, hair yeah. tosses <laughs> no, by Jenny yeah. when she did that Bella impression. And now I have a question. Yeah. So Willow trips over Mr. Bogarty. Buffy rushes Dawn outside. Right. So that she won't see you know, anything body. more than she's already seen. And then Dawn peers in through the blinds yes. from the outside. Now, this feels familiar to me, and I'm wondering if you happen to have any knowledge of how many times Michelle Trachtenberg has peered through blinds as Harriet the Spy. Oh, I was like, maybe it's familiar because it was in the credits. I see where you're going with this. I'm just wondering if this is something that she, you know, I... really honed and practiced already so i actually i feel that the generation or not generation but the age that i am um aged me out of harriet the spy though i'm right. sure that a lot of our listeners will know and write it will know because because right were you aged out of harriet i the was spy? i was aged out we'd probably yeah. have to call your sister yes exactly my sister would know i'll call my sister and see if she knows how many blinds harriet the spy peeked <laughs> through <laughs> Um, but you can also write to us at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts on Harriet the Spy. Uh, and as mentioned in the intro, we have a new voicemail number. So you can call us and leave a beautiful voicemail for us as well uh, that we'll put in our special mailbag episodes. I know that I just met you and this is crazy. <laughs> but our number is in the intro, so call us, maybe. Wow. That was like Christian Slater doing a cover of Call Me Maybe. <laughs> um, you're welcome. So um, one thing I want to point out is that when Dawn gets pulled out of the magic box, uh, we see the sort of like side of the wall where there's posters. And did you see the band name? Uh, Leftover Salmon. Leftover Salmon, which is pretty great. Is that a real band? Oh, I didn't look it up. Because it reminded me of something, but it felt like not quite. And then I was like, is there leftover tuna? I think leftover tuna might be a band. And then I was like, wait, am I thinking of hot tuna? And then I thought, wow, I wish I wasn't thinking of hot fish of any kind or leftover fish of any kind. Fish is really, you know, a food you don't want leftovers of so much. You want to just like get that all done in one meal. Yo, leftover salmon is a fucking band. They're an American jam band from Boulder, Colorado, formed in 1989. That seems right. I'm sorry, but they're on tour right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> You can see, if you want to see leftover salmon, you can see them right Ooh. now. Wow. Holy shit. Okay. Sorry. Wow. Okay. That was a detour I did not anticipate taking. I thought it was just somebody funnily making that poster. All right. Dawn is outside and this man who is very like disheveled, he's unshaven, his hair is messy. Mm -hmm. Like we don't know what his deal is, but he comes over to her and he's talking uh he's saying words that make no sense um yeah he's, talking he's pretty about incoherent cats in cupboards and um you know he says make it stop make it stop it's very um it's it's a little scary at first and then it gets not violent but like when he like, puts his hand on her mouth it feels very like aggressive it's and scary really scary yeah um i think that like the uh crossing of that boundary like her bodily boundary is yeah yeah really Blah. takes it from like what is this to like whoa this is Yikes. A traumatic moment for Dawn, yeah. unquestionably. Um, and he says a couple of things that are mightily important and mightily connected. Last week, we heard a quote that we had heard Tara talk about in Restless. You think you know what you are 
what's to come. You haven't even begun. Now this man says to John, I know you, Kurds and Way. <gasps> now, Kurds and Way are not a common thing to talk about, Jenny. They happen to be really only talked about in the context of a nursery rhyme. Yeah, they remind me of that one broad Miss Muffet. <laughs> yeah, that broad. Uh huh. Yes, uh, little Miss Muffet, I believe, sat on her tuffet, Jenny, and she sure. was eating. Her curds and whey. Yeah. So um, if you remember the Little Miss Muffet line, that's from the dream that Buffy had with Faith. There's something I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah. Miles to go. Little Miss Muffet counting down from 730. Great. Riddles. So this is interesting. Uh, and then he says, you don't belong here. And that's all, that's all we get. Then Tara comes out. This is really sweet. This is really sweet. Tara sits down with Dawn. And this is like the beginning of um, a theme in the episode of Tara feeling left out of the Scoobies and reflecting on Dawn as like her companion in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she says like, non-Scoobies like you and me should stay out of the way. And then, and then it, go ahead. Go ahead, Jenny. And then they film wrestle. It's really sweet. It's really, really sweet. Especially because we already learned how much Dawn looks up to Willow and Tara. Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons she looks up to Willow is because Willow loves school as much as her. I know. People have asked us um, what our thoughts on Dawn are. And I just want everyone out there who's like worried that perhaps everyone will always be annoyed with Dawn to know that like... I love Dawn. Love is strong, but I have a lot of space for Dawn. Uh, and I just think this is, this is a cute moment. Yeah, it's she's in a she's in a tough position. Yeah. Uh, so just keep your hearts open. Yeah. So in no time at all, Willow <laughs> has cross-checked the inventory list <laughs> with everything that's in the store to determine what's been taken. And Giles on a parallel path is having his mind blown by the magic box profit margins. I bet the death rate keeps the rent down, he muses. Yep, Giles is uh, really into the profit margins of the magic box, magic box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They also deduce that a unicorn is missing, the value of which is twelve ninety five, Jenny. Twelve ninety five in uh, two thousand mm-hmm. dollars uh, for one ceramic unicorn, ten inches high. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right. So who they muse? Who would steal a unicorn? Ha! And there's oh, only one answer, my there friends. Truly, is only one answer, and it's not harmony. It's Brad. For Harmony. <laughs> Brad. Brad for Harmony. Brad Craigslist.org slash Sunnydale slash Brad for Harmony. <laughs> Hashtag unicorns. Hashtag unicorns. Brad stole it for her because he is, as some of his vampiric cohorts in the Harmony gang say, oh. sire whipped. So Harmony is back and Harmony Oh, looks boy. great in this lighting. Looks, looks amazing listen, in this lighting. I'm sorry. Wow. I don't mean to, whatever, but Harmony looks great in literally any lighting, except sure, sure, for sure. sunlighting, no, because no, no, she no, would no. die. Yes, absolutely. But there's something about, it feels like they stepped it up for this scene. Probably because they wanted the the lighting to glimmer off of her gold lame. Do you know who might know? 
Could it be Kate? It might be Kate. It's time for our friend Kate to give you the Buffy Fashion Update. Hello, my beautiful Slayerettes, and welcome back to Buffy Fashion Watch, now featuring one of the show's most controversial characters, Dawn. Now, Dawn is a character whose outfits I'm sure I'll comment on at some point over the course of the rest of the series, but it's unfortunate for her in this episode because not only is her sister wearing multiple navel-revealing shirts and hoop earrings, but this episode has harmony in gold pants. And not just gold pants, but halter tops with beading and sequins and long, ridiculous chains and, if you really pay close attention, she wears pants that have tassels all the way down the side. I thought they were shiny PVC at first, but I think they're goth cowboy? And I respect that so much, it's really hard to think about anything else. But I am legally required to mention that Willow and Tara wear almost identical outfits for most of this episode. I also have to point out that uh, when we see Willow and Tara walking past the espresso pump when they're on the way to the magic box, Willow's hair is down and she has kind of an off to the side part. When they're in the magic shop, a scene I assume they shot later or a different day, her hair is flipped out and she has a zigzag part. So take from that what you will. Now, I do have to give it up for one thing Dawn wears in this episode, even though it is so brutally eclipsed by Harmony's pants. The dress that she wears when Xander and Anya come over, I swear I owned an exact replica of that when I was 14. So even though I hated this character when I was that age, sorry, they really got it right. And another thing they got right was Riley's compliment to Joyce on her ensemble in the beginning of the episode because she's wearing a, a flowy leopard print collared shirt with a vest over it that is tied at the top with a giant safety pin. I... I had to pause on this to make sure I was correct about that, but it is. It's like a giant diaper pin and she's pulling it off. Much like she pulls off the uh, turtleneck thing that she wears to the gallery later on, Joyce is just a vision. Honestly, this episode is a great one for outfits. Everyone's wearing something charming that really matches their character, and even though Giles's is pretty forgettable, he gets his incredible car and the scenes with it. And I'm not really sure what else there is to say. Just gold stars all around. So until next time, I'll see you at the mall. Because it's Halloween season, baby, and Hot Topic has Coraline merch. Hell yes! That was our friend Kate. She gave you the Buffy fashion update. Wow, Kate. Thank you so much for that I... beautiful fashion watch. Also, if you missed it, Kate <sighs> made us a video for the first episode of this season. It's over on our Patreon. It's uh, available to all, and we highly suggest. It's a fashion watch video. There are many outfit changes, as you would expect. There's mm -hmm. some winking. There's some <laughs> spooky music. There's uh, some very compelling makeup. Uh, you won't. It will change you. It will change you. Forever. For the better. So, Jenny. We Harmony have looks great. Harmony looks She's great. got a gang. They're gonna kill the slayer they're gonna kill the slayer tonight we, we <laughs> so she has minions 
She's she's so harmony. And and I'm sure we told you this in the intro, but we're going to give you a little tease of next week's episode because we will have an episode next week that is me sitting down with Mercedes McFucking Nab. Mercedes uh, McFucking Nab. <laughs> full name. Um, and talking to her about her time on the show as Harmony. We're putting put just a little tease in this episode, but you'll get the full thing uh, next week in our feed. So that's exciting. Not only do we have Mercedes McNab in this episode, Jenny... <laughs> But we have Tom Lank playing Cyrus, one of the minions. There he is. That might not mean anything to you if you're a first-time watcher, but we will see this actor again in the series. So stay tuned. Okay. Anyhow. So next, in the next freaking scene, what you already called out gets cranked up to a whole new level when Joyce is pissed that Buffy... Yeah happened to be in a place where there was a dead body over which she had no control when Joyce is the person who said, take your sister in the first place. I know. Joyce. I know. Joyce is, I think that Joyce has stuff going on at the gallery and I think she might have a new lady crush. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying. She seems distracted. She's wearing leopard I feel yeah. like who knows what's going on you know, at the gallery. I think there might be, maybe she like ran into Bette Porter at the gallery and oh, is feeling my. it. God. Call the babysitter. Call the babysitter, <laughs> but only if it's Xander, who calls her Dawn Patrol. And she's like, Xander is so much cuter than everyone, which is so cute. It is. And like Xander really is the like boy that your little the, sister yes. would have a crush on. hundred percent. He's so like he he makes Dawn feel like she's part of the gang, you know, and he makes jokes. He's like, hey, they're putting cheese on this circle bread. It's, yeah. Uh, an yeah, idea that's yeah. gonna really catch on. And he says, my favorite thing that happens in this episode, may I please yes, tell please. you what it is. When Joyce is on her way out, she's like, be good or whatever. And he's like, oh, we will. We're just going <laughs> to play with matches, run with scissors, take candy from some guy. I don't know his name. <laughs> this is some top quality, yeah. like grade A lineage and delivery. Yeah, it's really great. nice. Xander's picking up on those Buffy quips. He's getting his own little uh, banter going on. Do you think that because this episode is largely from Dawn's perspective, Ooh. we're seeing it through her eyes a little bit? Like Xander's, Xander's like a little extra funnier. charming yeah. and then Anya is like <laughs> grating and difficult. Stop, Jenny, because we're playing the sound clip of when Anya walks. So Xander Xander comes in and Dawn's excited. He, I want to say before Anya gets in, uh, Dawn is like, he he builds things, he's brave, and oh. he treats everyone like an equal. Uh, you know, season one Xander, maybe not so much, but season five Xander, he's coming along. He's coming along. So now I would like to play a sound clip because after Dawn is so excited that Xander's there, she is pissed when Anya rolls up. And Anya, please speak for us, Anya. Xander treats everyone like an equal. He doesn't look down on people. Hello there, little girl. Even when he should. We are going to have fun, fun, fun. Look, I've got Monopoly, Clue, and ooh, the game of life. That sounds good. Okay, so we'll get more from Anya. Can't wait. Anya's due for a jingle, isn't she, Jenny? <gasps> you gonna work on that? We- Tonight is the night is the night of... <laughs> Great. Yes. Okay, stay tuned in a future episode for Anya's upcoming jingle. So let's go to the Wicca room. Uh, Tara and Willow are moving into the dorm room uh, that they share now because they didn't 
officially share it uh, right. until now. Now they've really moved in together. And, and I think the signal to us that they are melding worlds is that I see two pieces of artwork. One is a weird cartoon cat and the <laughs> other is pressed leaves. And I feel that both of those are symbolic yeah. of Willow and Tara's molding. Yeah, yeah. Melding of minds. You know what's nowhere to be seen? Miss Kitty Fantastico. Where the fuck is Miss Kitty Fantastico? I don't know. Guess we'll just have to keep an eye out. Huh. Oh, this is really nice. This is really nice. This is really nice. Tara's talking about how it must be tough for Dawn because she's like outside of the situation and she can't help. And Tara's like expressing that she gets that. And Willow's like, you're not, ex- you're not outside of the group. You're in the group. And Tara's like, no, you guys like have had this thing going on for some time. And like, I respect that. And that's cool. And, and I'm just like. Uh, using my experience, which I'm totally cool with, mm-hmm. to highlight like why Don might be feeling left out. Right? Yeah. And then they vertically spoon. Moving vending machines, pulling petals off of roses, green poetry. Kittens, and you know it's sweaty work, doing spells from a place of love, like Willow and Tara. You still have that lesbian sex thread going on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I gotta dig I think back a ways. Eight base is vertically spooning. <laughs> so, but but I want to talk about this uh, moment where Willow comes up behind Tara and wraps her arms around her, and they're talking about their feelings, right? Because we've talked a little bit about the relationship of Willow and Tara and how groundbreaking it is. But the, the moments like these are why this relationship is groundbreaking on television because Willow and Tara are not just sexualized uh, queer women. Right. They are two women who are have a deep love bond for each other and who support each other in a partnership way, the way that we often always see heterosexual couples portrayed. And that's, that's super powerful now in 2019, but in the year 2000, this was incredibly powerful to not just see two women in a relationship, but to see these little moments, to see that they yeah. have a, a little dry erase calendar that, that's hanging in their <laughs> little bathroom area. I don't know why it's there. Maybe they're keeping track of when they take their <gasps> Zoloft. I don't know, but it's cute. Or just like their menstrual cycles and the moon. Oh, yes, the moon. And you're right, you're right. It's the moon. <laughs> and then um, Willow in trying to make, to, in like getting confused about what's really going on, is like, maybe we could have a Scooby initiation for you and rings we could get <laughs> rings like i'm an adult <laughs> but that would be nice for dawn that yeah. would make dawn feel really good and special yeah and dawn clearly loves like at least half of the she loves willow tara and xander yeah and she's like okay with riley mm-hmm. and like pesked by buffy and giles <laughs> and really doesn't like anya so and, and Jenny, I'm, I'm here for your analysis of Tara because I do think my opinion is this is like 80% of Tara's yeah. o- occupying of this space. But I do think that there's a bit of Tara that's um, playing out some of her own insecurities totally. about this group through and, and this is like I do this all the time. I think many of us do this all the time. Like we give voice to our own insecurities through the insecurities of others. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that Tara is an adult person and I think she's capable of managing it. But I think, you know, the yeah. Scoobies are a hard gang to penetrate. Absolutely. And, um, and I think Tara has some of that too. Speaking of penetration. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, can't Dad wait. Dad is her. drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Buffy and Riley are hard at work or hardly working. Uh-huh. Uh, and boy, oh boy, 
Is does Buffy have a lot to say? Wow. And this is so Jenny, not to whatever, but like you and I, we were in a relationship for almost a decade, married for several years. And um, this reminded me of some of our dynamic, which is ah. why it's hilarious to me to hear you say like, wow, Buffy sure has a lot to say. <laughs> because, because this is a thing that I like really, when Riley tries to use his logic to solve Buffy's yeah. issue. Get out of here with that right. useless stuff, please. And Buffy's Buffy is so, like she so owns her shit. She's advanced for a 20 year old. She's like, um, excuse me, but this is a rant and logic has no place in yeah, a rant. Yeah, 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 I just need to go until I'm done, until yeah. the batteries wear down. Right, which is a thing that I personally understand uh-huh. deeply. <laughs> And a dynamic I remember from many of my relationships, uh, <laughs> yours included. Among among his many logic points, he brings up that you're Dawn's hero. He's, he tells Buffy that she's Dawn's hero. Yes. Which is something that neither Dawn nor Buffy can, can possibly conceive mm-hmm. of, but it's probably pretty true. Yeah, it is definitely true. And also not to like talk too much about me and my sister, but it is kind of the episode for that. This was super present in our relationship that I didn't recognize until years and years and years later that the mm-hmm. whole time I had been being a horrible monster to her. She just wanted to like uh. be near me. And, and, oh, and I know, God. and like it, it's it's really. I'm sure that many of you older siblings out there can identify with that gutting feeling of later realizing yeah. what you couldn't know then. And and they give a bit of that to us here with Buffy and Dawn. And then we kind of get to the real meat of it when <laughs> almost the title of the episode, <laughs> <laughs> real meat. Uh, when Buffy says she gets to be a kid. Like Buffy never did. Right. And she acts like it's the biggest burden in the world. And the grass is always greener. Right. Because we know that Buffy wants that burden. She wants the burden of just being a kid who is just mad and upset about her older sister. It's something that Buffy really never got. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. And and you're right, though. The grass is always greener. Um, they, both, they both are carrying uh, the weight of their particular world. Yeah. And at the same time that this is going on across town... Don is playing Ooh the Game of Life with Anya and Xander and saying, like, oh, Buffy's mom's favorite. And Xander says, that's crazy talk. Joyce loves you both equally, but also maybe just like slip her a 20 once in a while. Yeah. Even the ads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Xander's like, money solves everything. And it's good that he's in a relationship with Anya um, because I do believe <laughs> that this will have value in that relationship as well. <laughs> But um, there's this amazing moment where Dawn is like internally monologuing and she's oh, like, God. Xander sees me the way I really am as a woman. And she oh, has dear. chocolate ice cream like all over her face. Like, and the only way that you could get that is if you had like a Haagen-Dazs pint in front of you that was like pretty melty but full. Mm-hmm. And then you just like dunked your whole, <laughs> she looks kind of like, like Homer Simpson, you know? <laughs> Yeah, with chocolate ice cream instead of five o'clock shadow. <laughs> so listen, the, I don't mean to sound clip you all out here, but this is an important moment for our dear Anya. Uh, I'd like to lead us into the sound clip and we're going to go right from the sound clip into a jingle. I have a feeling that those of you who know this episode already know the sound clip and the jingle. Crap. Look at this. Now I'm burdened with a husband and several tiny pink children. More cash than I can reasonably manage. That means you're winning. Really? Yes, cash equals good. Oh, I'm so pleased. Can I trade him the children for more cash? 
Ah, uh, Anya, highlighting and smashing that patriarchy with her wishes to trade her children in for cash. <laughs> she just wants that money. Uh, so that I just hate having more cash than I can reasonably manage. It's, uh, <laughs> one of my least favorite things. And then there's a brick through the window. Slayer, come out and die. Smiley face. <laughs> And then not even giving them a moment to read the note. You hear Harmony outside like, Buffy, come <laughs> out here. Come out and fight me. And the shot like out the window of the Summer's house of the five of them like with their like hands on their hips. God, just, like, it's so good. And battle axes and stuff. <laughs> when are vampires going to update? Their looks, their weaponry, their weaponry. I think that they, I think it's an important um, I think it's a very important and respected uh, part of vampirism that they stick with their original weapons. Sure, okay, yes. As a matter of fact, I think our country would be in better shape if we had stuck yeah, with our original weapons. That would be great. We could all take a note from vampires. I want to also ask a question here about glass. If you lived in the Summers household, would you not have gotten safety glass at this point for your front window? You know, the glass like that they use in cars where it just shatter, it crumbles. Because that window has broken. Who knows how many I times? I mean, dozens of times. So. Good thing uh, Xander's like deep into carpentry now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so Harmony comes to the door. Xander's like, this is hilarious. Uh, they have some really great exchanges here. First of all, Harmony has already found out through the uh, vampire times that, <laughs> that, that uh, Xander had puppy dog eyes for Dracula. <laughs> Uh, and then there's this wonderful reference. And here's where we're going to bring in our little tease of our Mercedes McNabb interview. Because they talk about the last time that Harmony and Xander met. This epic... On the field of battle. The field of battle. So let's hear a little bit from the wonderful Mercedes McNabb about that scene. So the epic fight scene between you and Xander. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> of course, Harmony and Xander, oh, yeah. not you, uh, is on all of our minds. It's hilarious. And I would love to hear, I know everyone would love to hear a little bit about filming that scene, how it went, what it was like. Well, it was slightly ridiculous because they made Nick wear like um, shin guards because I kicked him in the shin at one point. <laughs> So you had to wear shin guards, and I think it was very, you know, the stunt people were very interested in us not getting hurt. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get hurt. We're not even touching each other. Um, and then I didn't know at the time that they were filming it in slow motion, so it was funny, and we knew it was funny just because it was so ridiculous. But then when you watched it on the show, and it was slowed down and made to be super dramatic – then it got even funnier. Yeah. So that helped. Did, did they give you direction apart from like kick his shin? Was it ad? Oh, no. It was fully or? staged. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, full, everyone's got their job to do. So yeah. that every like little tiny slap was <laughs> planned out. It's is, choreographed. It's kind very... of ridiculous when you think about it. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, it looks completely natural. It looks like they said like, just, hey, can you just like <laughs> bat each other around I think that's bit? kind of what we ended up doing. <laughs> But yeah, they had it semi-planned out because like I said, he had shin guards on and something else. I can't remember what it was. Some protective gear. It makes it even funnier. I know. That to that's know happening. that it's happening under the clothes. Yeah, yeah. That like everyone's very concerned. Mm -hmm. Nick might get hurt. He might get an owie <laughs> on his shin bone. <laughs> so 
next week, next Wednesday, you'll get Angel on top and you'll also get uh, in the buffering feed our full interview with Mercedes McNabb and get to hear her talk about a lot of other things, which will be fun. So tune in for that. And oh my gosh, thank you, Mercedes McNabb. She was such a delight. So then, of course, Don commits the classic summer's error. (laughs) And accidentally invites Harmony in. I don't think I realized that you had to live inside of the house to be able to issue an invite until this episode. I don't think that it's come up specifically in the Buffyverse. I think that's nice that that you can't invite vampires into somebody else's home, you know? Because who can you really trust? So anyhow, uh, Dawn, you know, she's just trying to like get involved and be like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Big talk. And instead she says, come in here and say that. Ah, exactly what you don't want to say to a vampire. Luckily, it only gets Harmony in because she was only talking to Harmony. Now, I know that we're supposed to be like, oh, shit, Harmony got in. But like Harmony has fucking moves i'm we remember the last yeah. time we saw harmony fight it yeah was, yeah she's been she's been hitting the gym uh anya has this great little like cutaway moment where she's like looking for a fucking weapon yeah 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 the slayer she's in the house the home <laughs> of the slayer the fine craftsman home of the slayer nary a weapon to be seen anywhere all she can do is use a household object yes so she uses the lamp um uh, harmony lets us know that she's been working out she's been honing her skills but she does scamper off with her minions uh and xander says something about an enchilada and then buffy's not gonna be happy which is a great cut to the next scene of Buffy cracking up, hysterically laughing over the concept of Harmony having minions. Right. Which is funny, of course, until she finds out as Anya deftly delivers her line. Um, Anya says, you know, well, it would be funny, except for she has full access to your house now. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> And, you know, Buffy's furious with Dawn. And this is like a moment where the Scooby and Scooby adjacent folk are like, hey, maybe go easy on her. Like, she's a kid. It was a real rough moment for her. And Buffy has no fucking room for that at all. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, 
all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Let's go to the cemetery. Before we go to the cemetery, let's just take a quick moment to talk about some of today's sponsors. Okay, now we can go to the cemetery. Okay, let's go to the cemetery. My first note is Harmony's pissed and looking hot. (laughs) Accurate. Right? Uh, Cyrus' stomach is growling. Brad's like being a Brad. (laughs) And Spike is like kablam. Yeah, he's here. He's punchy. He doesn't see Harmony at first. He Mm -hmm. thinks it's just a gang of vampires. And, you know, rumors are flying. I guess they're not really rumors. They're true facts. Everybody knows that he kills vampires. Yeah. And then from uh, the shadows emerges Harmony. And this is quite a moment, Jenny. Ha! Uh, Because he says, hello, Harm. Uh, mm-hmm. And because he's like, damn. Uh-huh. He, his first note was, Harm's pissed and looking hot. <laughs> then, then she says, spiky. Mm-hmm. I mean, spike. Right? Mm-hmm. And then he says, you look good. She says, I feel good. He says, I remember. I remember. <laughs> spike, I love you. So this is hot, hot, hot. Great. Love to see it. Love to see it, too. Uh, Harmony explains to her minions, don't worry, we used to go steady. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, And she tells Spike what she's been up to. Yeah. Mustering a gang. Yeah. Collecting minions. Spike thinks this is adorable. Which she's like, I've been reading. And he's like, what, evil for dummies? <laughs> right. Rude. rude. Super rude and condescending. But also very funny. But, but right. It's it's funny patriarchy. Ha ha ha. But right. So they're going back and forth. And then she's like, I'm killing the Slayer. And he's like, well, now you're singing my fucking song. Uh-huh. But also, LOL, this is probably your plan, right? And she's like, no. I would love to know what Harmony's first plan was. I'm, I, 
Right. Just like, (laughs) can we get a special bonus episode of what Harmony's plan was Mm -hmm. before Spike told her how to kill the Slayer? Yeah. So uh, Spike leaves and Harmony, of course, is like, hey, guys, new plan based on what Spike has just told me. Mm -hmm. We need to get bait. We need to use the bait to get the Slayer. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Cut to the Summer's home. Dawn overhears Buffy being a jerk. I mean, she's mad. And to be fair, she's mad because Joyce hasn't been the best mom in this episode mm-hmm. to her. And she's put Buffy at a disadvantage. She is not. I don't think that Joyce has set her daughters up for success in this episode. True. <laughs> I think she's really uh, fanning the flames by the way that she's handling things. And so Buffy is, you know, reasonably and understandably just being upset amongst her friends, not realizing that Dawn, I mean, she should realize because the main role of a younger sister is to eavesdrop outside the door. Um, Dawn but she really this. like hears the worst part and then walks away yeah. before she can hear anything redeeming. Right. Of course. I mean, it is television it after is all. It is television. <laughs> so um, we get more from Buffy. You know, she's just a kid. I was just a kid. Uh, and then Buffy says something that I think is very uh, interesting. She says, we're coddling her. We're turning her. I mean, she didn't have to say a little idiot, um, but we're turning her into a little idiot who's going to get us all killed. Um, yikes. Yikes, Buff. But also there's something about the observation in like, why can't we show her this stuff? Like she is the sister of the Slayer. Maybe that inspires Joyce to coddle extra hard because right. by comparison, like she she isn't able to coddle Buffy at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, good point. She oh. can't protect Buffy from, from her sacred duty and all the things that are trying to kill her all the time. Right. Um, so Dawn runs out the door, distraught. Anya <laughs> runs after her. Anya's like, stop, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Anya's like, you have to come back inside and then Mort appears. Ooh. And big pun- beefy Mort. Oh, he punches Anya. I don't like that. Oh, it's really not something that anybody likes to see. Anya gets like really injured, punched hard. She's splayed across the kitchen floor and they take Dawn, of course, as the bait. Anya is sort of trying to tell the the gang what's yeah. happened, but she's real fucked up. She needs to go to the Sunnytale Hospital. Yeah. She, just keep an eye on her, guys. The, 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 Gile, the Rupert Giles Memorial Concussion Hallway <laughs> uh, is where she'll be staying. We go back to Harmony's lair. Um, she calls the minions the Minioteers, I believe, <laughs> uh, which is nice. She makes a joke and nobody gets it. And she's like, I'm trying to be sarcastic. Like, have you guys not been watching this television show called Buffy the Vampire yeah, Slayer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but she's defending, not defending, but she's basically like, listen, we're not eating Dawn. Mm-hmm. That's not what the plan is. And we're sticking to the plan. But you have to imagine that there's more going on here for Harmony because, I mean, technically they don't need Dawn in the plan. Yeah. So it's yeah, what's like, it like? It feels to me like she's like, I have to stick to the plan or I'll <laughs> yeah. fuck it up. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, That's fair. In a way that I can't preconceive. Um, and so she's like running down their, their to-do list and mentions that there's gonna be another note that goes to Buffy, and the, the minions <laughs> are like, More notes, <laughs> more smiley faces. <laughs> And then Buffy, of course, is like, yo, you deal with Anya. I'm going to go get my sister and goes immediately to Spike's. Now, Spike is talking about satellite dishes. And the only reason I bring it up is because he has this amazing line when Buffy walks in and he goes, speaking of dishes. (laughs) 
And it's just like, listen, I know he's objectifying women and whatever, the patriarchy, but it's it's a funny line. When you get out your shovel and you go in the backyard and you dig for about two to three good hours to unearth a word like dish, can you really even include it in the uh, the column of objectification? Oh, speaking of dishes. And so she's like, where the fuck is Harmony's lair? I know you know where she lives. Punch, punch, punch. Right. He tells her and then she punches him again. Just one more time for good measure. Right. Which is great. Because she's pissed. We haven't gotten a ton of the Buffy Spike dynamic in this season yet. So we're just reacclimating. Yeah. Yeah. To these two and their um, foibles. Hmm. Yes. Uh, and, then- and then, and then. Listen, this is a great episode for everyone relating to Dawn. Mm-hmm. We get to see Harmony complaining to Dawn, her prisoner, about how hard it is to be her and how like difficult it is to be a leader and nobody's taking her seriously and she feels, you know. Yeah, they don't understand her. They don't understand the pressure she's under. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then the minions turn on Harmony and Dawn. They're going to kill Harmony and eat Dawn. Just to be clear, Brad abstained from this vote, but he'll probably just go with the majority. (laughs) Brad has such a crush on Harmony. Who doesn't? Uh, So Dawn says, touch me and my sister's going to kill you. Before we get the great other half of this, which is that, in fact, Buffy does arrive and kill (laughs) this uh, Cyrus. Kill Cyrus. Goodbye, Cyrus. Goodbye, Cyrus. We will never see ye again, but we will see Tom Lank again. Hooray. But before that kill happens, (laughs) Buffy rolls up and Harmony whips around and says... So Slayer, <laughs> at last we meet. <laughs> and Buffy's like, Harmony, we literally went to high school together. Yeah. <laughs> and we've also uh, mixed it up since you've been a vampire. Oh my God, it's so fucking good. It's so, <laughs> this is like last last episode, Ian uh, Carlos Crawford of Slayer Fest 98 talked about like this beauty of Buffy, like the humor and seriousness mixed in. And this is just like a classic. Yes. yes. Buffy yes. the Vampire Slayer moment. So um, she kills almost all of the minions. And of course, Mort, uh, Mort the meathead is left. Huh. And uh, they fight. They really, Mort has some strength because they they tussle. And while that's happening, um, Harmony's like, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> I gotta, gotta go. Um, not before Buffy explains to Harmony that not only was, I don't really love this part. She's like, you were bad at being a cheerleader. You were bad at being this. And now whoa, you suck whoa. at being bad. Whoa, 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 whoa Buffy. I know. I feel like Harmony's not getting enough credit here. I agree. I think Harmony, I mean, I know that Harmony is like a retcon. Yeah. Selective memory. Thank you. So anyhow, uh, Harmony escapes and fucking Buffy, of course, uses the giant unicorn to kill Mort. Listen, big vampire, you need a big steak. Sometimes that steak is shaped like a unicorn. (laughs) Oh, Don's like, I'm telling mom that you slayed in front of me. Like, would you prefer, Joyce, that Buffy let a vampire live in front of Dawn? Oh, Joyce is all mixed up. She may have. But as you know, if you watch the episode, they don't tell on each other. They get home and they both cover for each other. It's very sweet. Yes. This is the other side Sisters. of siblinghood is that like, yes, you're at each other's throats. But if you have a good relationship with your sibling, you know, you know that, that your common enemy is your parents. Like, precisely. <laughs> Um, so 
we're also the end. We, we have the last scene is in the magic box. But Jenny, before we get there, we probably should talk about um, sexiness and tension and where that Venn diagram overlaps. Yeah, let's talk about Yeah, you heard our winners for season five, episode one in the intro. And now we're going to tell you about the STA nominees for season five, episode two, Real Me. Holy shit. First up, hot, hot, hot out of the cougar gates. We've got Riley and Joyce. It's mountain lion season, baby, and they're hungry for military meat. <laughs> Your mom meets the butterscotch hunk. <laughs> uh Next up, we've got an equally spicy pairing, Willow <laughs> and Buffy's work ethic. Mmm, yeah, yeah sparks will fly. <laughs> Third up, we have probably the one you knew we were going to choose, which is Spike and Harmony meeting together again. Spike turned on by Harmony's self-possessed new attitude. Yeah, sparks flying there also, but please step back because immolation watch. And in the fourth slot, Woo! There comes a time in every British gentleman's life when he must <laughs> firmly grip the steering wheel of his existence, take control of his destiny, shift into drive and not neutral, and potentially enjoy sexual tension between Giles and his sporty little temptress of a new car. You think uh, he wants to uh, lay on the hood of that car with Joyce? Or... Ah, I don't know. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Um, so there you have it. Follow us, of course, uh, everywhere, really. But on Twitter is where you'll find the poll at BufferingCast. The poll stays open for one week. So get on over there. You can vote and uh, make your you, voice heard. You decide the winner. And I know we have a lot of new voters because last uh, last episode when I put up the poll, we had a lot of people reply being like, I have been waiting to participate <laughs> in my first sexual tension awards poll well for done. so long. This well is my done. first vote. This is your um, moment. Yes. So welcome. Go on and vote. That has been your Sexual Tension Awards. All right, let's wrap up this episode. There's only a couple more things that happen. Yes, first a joke about Spinal Tap. Hooray. Never saw it coming. <laughs> I had no idea anything about Spinal Tap. I looked it up after I watched the episode. I and didn't, what'd you learn? That they're a fictional band. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh and my because God. I was like, I literally was like, let me look this up. Is this a distasteful joke about the drummers dying at an early <laughs> age? And then I learned that, that Spinal Tap, in case you, like me, do not know, Spinal Tap is a fictional band uh, that uh, the, one of the ongoing gags was that the drummers would, were constantly dying <laughs> from like really random things uh, in really random and hilarious ways. So that's where this joke comes from. Uh, I'm here to not know anything about pop culture for those of you who also don't so we can go on a journey together. Huh. <laughs> okay. So Giles is going to take over the magic box. Despite the fact that there's a very high mortality rate. Uh, and one of his prime reasons, I think, is because he was so bored last season that he watched Passions with Spike. <laughs> May and you he, never speak of it. He just wants to forget. <laughs> so, right. So Buffy and Giles sort of like are talking about this magic box thing. They're going, I think, into train and, and Buffy pokes her head out and is like, Don, don't move. Dawn, stay where you are. Dawn, don't fuck anything up. <laughs> Dawn. Uh, and and Dawn is sort of giving a voice to like, you know, I still hate my sister, but 
okay. But she's okay, I guess. She's all right. And then she writes in her diary, she, she still thinks I'm her dumb little sister. Boy, is she in for a surprise. Dun, dun, dun. So, what, I wonder where that could possibly lead. Who knows? Well, that about does it for this episode, I suppose. I am and shall continue to ever be Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not watching Buffy and making this podcast, I am writing and recording songs. I have a couple new songs out right now and an EP that's up for pre-order. You can find all that stuff at JennyOwenYoungs.com. And you can also listen to me talk about another TV show that centers around another very uh, petite blonde, a petite, clever, powerful blonde <laughs> named Veronica Mars. That podcast is called Veronica Mars Investigations, and you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Hell yeah. And I am Kristen Russo. You can find me on social media and my website is all Kristen Nolene. They haven't heard the jingle in a while, Jenny. Let's play them the beautiful Kristen Nolene jingle you made. Hit it, me. <laughs> Kristen with an I, N-O-E-L-I-N-E. So you can learn about the work that I do with LGBTQ communities. You can also... Follow and find me with my new podcast where I am talking with Joanna Robinson about the television show, My So-Called Life. You better get on in there because there's only 19 episodes. Uh, it does not feature a, a petite, a badass blonde, but it does feature uh, Crimson Glow dyed <laughs> uh, Angela Chase, who's a pretty big badass herself. <laughs> so tune in over there. Uh, I think we have a great little stack going, Jenny, because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Veronica Mars airs on Tuesdays, uh, Buffering and Angel on Wednesdays, yeah. and then uh, the Boiler Room goes on Thursdays. So we're in your ears all week. Yeah, take it over your week. Yeah. Uh, also, I just want to give a shout to the fact that over the summer, I created a e-care package. Uh, the e-care package is for parents and loved ones of trans uh, people, youth, but also people of all ages. It's a really powerful tool. You can find information about that at mykidisgay.com, which is a site that I run. Uh, we're into October now, and October 11th is National Coming Out Day. It's going to be a great day to spread the word about that e-care package. People need to learn about it, so please help me spread the word. How about us? Where can they find us? Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. And you can always email us at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. Yes, and uh, you can find us on our website, BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com, where you can click on things like shop to support us. Uh, it's one of many ways to support us. We have some really incredible stuff in the store. Uh, if there are any posters left, we've got those beautiful posters designed by mm. Kate Leth commemorating the season five premiere. And of course, all of your smash the demon lizard patriarchy and support your local alewife and girl gang paraphernalia that you love and know also you can support us on patreon we have a lot of things happening in patreon we do buffy watches over there you can get into the secret facebook group you get the music in advance we now have a private rss feed over there which means that if you give at uh, any level the bonus episodes that go to you will go right to your podcatcher of choice and if you want to listen to us ad-free, the $10 patrons now get ad-free episodes in that feed as well. So good stuff happening over there. And don't forget, you can get exclusive merchandise at that $25 level. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And till next time. Uh, woo! Yeah. 
do be do be do business as usual doing what i do handstands and such crystal stacked up helping me focus honing in on oh can we go yet do be do be do business as usual doing what i do out on patrol Don needs a sitter. Yeah, I already know this. No, I don't. But I can get Xander on really short notice. Oh, Xander's coming? Yeah, yeah, okay. I love the sitter. Don's mess. Why'd I have to get stuck with the worst brat for my only sister when you know? Hey, I heard that. I'd fight a million of these nasty blood suckers, even though you really can be such a little. You love me. Why don't you come inside and say that? Ah, shoot! I should know better by now. I am basically an adult. But like, what do you think Xander's doing right now? Dear diary. Okay, I like barely even got kidnapped. What's the big deal? You need some stuff to do around here anyway. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.